What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Roundtable Sports Podcast. My name is Taylor McLean, and today we're going to take a Week 12 look at the Thanksgiving game, the early game between the Houston Texans, who won 41 to 25 over the Detroit Lions. Of course, Detroit plays every Thanksgiving, much to the chagrin of a lot of people. Everybody calls for either the Cowboys or the Detroit Lions to lose their game. But really, I mean, I get trying to take it from the Cowboys because they have everything but championships in the last 25 years. But Detroit, I mean, this is really one of the few things they have at this point. So you can't really take it away from them. At least it was a fun game today. You know, Houston is a team that is very similar talent-wise to Detroit. So it was interesting to have two teams on a talent level with a quarterback you can get behind, see who could really pull things together. And certainly Houston did that today. And of course, much like every Houston Texans victory or loss, it's all on Deshaun Watson's shoulders. This whole franchise basically rests on him and Laramie Tunsil at this point. I say that because out of the pieces that they have and that they're paying out of their young type players, really those two are the ones that jump out and really make me think that they can build around them. The rest of them don't really strike me in that way outside of Will Fuller. And of course, Will Fuller is going to be a free agent this year. He's likely get paid a pretty penny, especially with him showing health finally in this year. That hasn't always been in the case and we'll get into that more. But certainly he was a big part of the victory today. So we'll talk about him a little bit later. But let's talk about Deshaun. You know, recently he started running the ball more. You know, he had the eight carries today for 24 yards. Didn't really get loose too much outside of a 12-yard carry. And really more of it is based on Deshaun running for his life a bit. You know, they've got Laramie Tunsil on the one side, but the Tyus Howard side of the line is tough to watch. Uh, Tyus oversets, undersets, just gets beat around the side a lot. And with the rest of the line not being anything to write home about about outside of Tunsil, it makes for a tough pass-blocking situation. Luckily, Deshaun is nimble in the pocket and has good mobility and is able to avoid a lot of that pressure. So it's all Deshaun. I mean, anybody who points to this line and says that they're protecting him appropriately, that's laughable. And when you had to give up so much to get the one piece of your line that isn't laughable, that really just points to all the decisions that were made up until this point for the Texans. And it's not something I really want to get behind as far as how they've done it. The, the big thing was they drafted Deshaun. So at least the next staff can build off that. I think Houston Texans fans should be scared to death that there's still some of the decision-making going on that had been going on before. I think they need to hope that they're able to get a new decision-making trust in there to make the draft picks, to try and turn this around, because really there's a finite amount of time before Deshaun says, hey, I can't deal with this anymore. They don't have the same leverage as basketball players to, to do so. Football players don't, but Deshaun has enough juice that if they don't keep him happy, he's going to make waves. He's probably too classy a guy for that. But still, if I were him, I'd be upset with the way things have happened to this point. But it is what it is. And we'll just hope 
that tech, the Texans actually get someone in there that makes good decisions for Deshaun because Deshaun is doing everything he possibly can. And while it might not be enough on most days, they don't get to play Detroit. It certainly was today. And I was proud of him for really showing the moxie that he does on a given day. He's a, he's a gamer, he's a winner, and I know it had to have been crushing him to lose. And they've played a lot better in the last four games. Now, granted, one of those was the Jaguars. They played the Browns tough, and then they beat the Patriots. Now, the Patriots just haven't been the same, so I don't put as much stock into that. But still, it's big for them, and especially since they don't own their first or second round draft pick this year, there's no reason for them to really bottom out. They need to develop winning habits and try to get the Bill O'Brien stank off of them. And I think they've equated themselves well in doing so. The problem for fantasy purposes is that they have the Colts two out of the next three weeks sandwiching the Bears. Now, the Bears have been a little bit more hapless than the Colts, but at the same time, none of those three are good matchups from a fantasy aspect. So having the Bears, Colts, and Bengals be a part of your fantasy situation is not great. Bengals, obviously, if you can make it there, that's great for your fantasy situation. Deshaun should destroy them. But at the same time, it's just tough to have those other two defenses, especially with the Colts going twice uh, in your lineup. Now, the Colts did lose to Forrest Buckner. So we'll see how much of a part of the defense he was truly. Um, I think it's more based on Darius Leonard than I do DeForest, but he had been a big part of that run-stuffing unit. So we'll see how that affects everything, and we'll see how the Texans respond to that. At least you get a non-playoff week to take a look at how they respond the first time, and then when you see him the next time in the playoffs with Deshaun, you'll just have to go with it. Now, I don't see anything to say that those matchups are so tough that I'm not going to ride Deshaun. The good thing is with him running more, it allows him to kind of be insulated from those matchups a bit because if they are able to stop him passing, he can pull the ball down and run with it and really buoy his fantasy value with that. So I'm still riding Deshaun despite the tough schedule. There's a certain handful of quarterbacks that I'm riding into the playoffs with, and he's certainly one of them because of the fact that he's been more willing to run the ball. Now, certainly he was throwing the ball just fine today, and that led to a good day from Will Fuller. You know, clearly one of the plays was a trick play for the touchdown. And, you know, it's certainly he had the week where he didn't play. But, man, this has been the most consistent that I've ever seen Will Fuller play. And it's too bad that it happened in a contract year for the Texans because they weren't able to really put much faith behind him to get him locked into an extension. That You know, they signed Randall Cobb to $9 million that could have gone to him. I mean, there's going to be a lot of decisions that they have to live with that was made before this new GM and this new coaching staff is in there. It is what it is, but like, I, like I've said before, if future Taylor came back and told me that Will Fuller is absolutely going to be playing through the playoffs, I would have traded for him a long time ago because he's that good, and certainly that's going to lead to him getting paid this offseason. And that'll be an interesting point is where does he go? Who does he end up with? Does he have the same chemistry? Those are all hard things to nail down with wide receivers when they move teams. You know, the fact that Diggs – and DeAndre Hopkins really stepped into their roles the way that they did. Even Robbie Anderson in first-year wide receiver roles is really quite remarkable in compared to what typically happens in history with big-time wide receivers changing roles like that. So 
We'll see what Will Fuller can do with that. Maybe the Texans re-sign him. Who knows? But it's going to cost him a pretty penny the way he's playing. Now, Brandon Cooks, certainly, you know, he's been better as the days have rolled by. And I think he's capable of sustaining value. It's just probably going to be more of a wide receiver three situation. Uh, I have a feeling that the Texans are definitely going to be throwing the ball. It's just a question of can they maintain drives and can they get into scoring positions against those defenses. But the good news is it's not like the Texans offense is based on the rushing attack necessarily. So they could match up with Indianapolis better than you might think. But I still think Indianapolis has a good defense, and I do worry about them. We'll just have to see how that all shapes up next week. We're thinking about Brandon Cooks, not really thinking about any of the other options for the pass catchers outside of Duke Johnson. Now, you include Duke Johnson as a pass catcher because traditionally for this team, he's been a third down back, and he's been more of the pass catching back for the team. That's what he was before, and that's what they traded for him to do. Now, the thing was, at the time, Deshaun wasn't checking the ball down much, and it didn't lead to him having independent value outside of deeper PPR-type leagues. But now that he has the role to himself and he's getting the bulk of the carries, it does lead to him having a bit more value, probably putting him more in a flex-type, maybe even running back two-type conversation because there isn't anyone that's going to siphon off the catches um, like he was to David Johnson. So without David Johnson in there, I can definitely see you using Duke. You just got to realize that it's not a dominant running attack and it's not a dominant team. So they're not likely to be up in a lot of games trying to put teams away with the run. And even if they did, I don't think they're going to try and blow out Duke Johnson in the carry department, which is smart. He's not really suited for that. You know, he's not one of those backs where I think he could be a feature back when the running back's out like I do a lot of these guys that I target in fantasy drafts. It's just that now the role has put him in the point where he is in those conversations and when he catches the ball so fluidly and when really he's what the Texans have in that way and C.J. Procise, who they were using, had a bad fumble, it's going to lead to more value for Duke and it makes me more excited about having him in my flex-type position because, like I said, he is more insulated from the game script. He's going to get passes, and he turned one of those into a touchdown today, which was nice for owners. So we'll see what he can do with that role. I don't haven't heard anything about David Johnson being ready to come back. So it is a 10-day layoff, so we'll kind of have to monitor the news to see what David Johnson's health is because he did have more between-the-tackle burst than Duke Johnson did at the time. And I think he has just a little bit more size where he's more suited for that. So they'll probably use him in that role should he come back. But if not, it's Dukes to be had. So we'll need to monitor David Johnson's health really religiously if we're going to try and start Duke at any point going forward. Let's switch over to the Detroit Lions. Like I said, it's a classic Detroit game. They got shut out last week by the Carolina Panthers, which I watched. And it just felt like a really good coaching job by the Panthers. It felt like Carolina knew what they were going to do. And it looked a little better today. While the Texans were able to get a defensive touchdown and while they were all over Matthew Stafford for the day, it still felt like a better effort by Detroit. Kind of felt last week like they quit a little bit. And I think being on national television and trying to push themselves really helped them equate themselves a little bit better. Matthew was a little bit more accurate today. You could tell he was feeling a little bit better throwing the ball. So that was good. But still, it wasn't enough today. 
you know, Texans, like I said, were able to get after him. It just really didn't feel like there was a really good flow to the offense. There weren't a lot of sustained drives to be had, which kind of limited the upside for the offense. You know, they still ran the ball 28 times, but it's still just, it kind of, it only amounted to 109 yards. And then you throw in a couple of turnovers and it just led to the Texans getting up. And then Detroit just really couldn't muster it in the end when the Texans put them away. So it is what it is. I don't, I've been talking about maybe not counting on Matthew Stafford for fantasy purposes for some time. Like I said, without him having the rushing yards, this lowers the ceiling of what he can be overall. And on a day like today, when they kind of locked him up a little bit and they really didn't get going until later on, it just it's just a tough situation for him to produce, especially, like I said, when he's not getting the touchdowns, when Adrian Peterson gets in there and gets a couple of touchdowns, that really saps the rest of that upside up. And while, you know, the points he got today were fine, it was against the Houston Texans. So it's not like it was against an extremely strong defensive unit. And really, Detroit's schedule doesn't get a lot easier going forward. You know, the Bears have a better defense, the Packers have a better defense, the Titans have a better defense, and the Buccaneers definitely have a better defense. So when you're rolling that out the rest of the year, it doesn't make me extremely hopeful for their prospects. Now, getting DeAndre Swift would help out a lot, especially when he's more dynamic, catching the ball out of the backfield. That helps out Matthew Stafford a good deal. We'll also need to see what they do with the coaching situation. That can affect things one or one way or another. You know, whether the Detroit Lions quit on Math Patricia, which they didn't today, or whether they make a change and they start changing their fund the, the way they fundamentally do things. Those type of things can happen down the stretch. So we need to monitor Detroit to see, you know, are the options going to be usable? Mainly Marvin Jones with Kenny Galladay out and DeAndre Swift is probably who we're looking at. Maybe you're looking at Hawkinson and Matthew Stafford because of the position. But I see this schedule coming up, and it doesn't really make me excited about much. Um, I think what I would want is DeAndre Swift back and maybe have him as a really bossy flex. That's where I'd be looking as far as value for Detroit goes. Without Swift in there, they leaned on carry-on and on, of course, Adrian Peterson again. You know, I don't know why they don't feature Peterson a little bit more. I guess because you know he's probably not going to be catching the ball as much out of the backfield, so they try to use him in more obvious running situations. But it still looks like he has juice, and he showed it today. I just don't know if they think that he's capable of shouldering the whole load. This is the reason he's not getting the whole thing. You know, I guess carry-on has some juice, so I can see why they're putting him in there too. I just would love to see Adrian Peterson get more focus as far as the offense goes, but I guess that's also a function of the line. It's not a dominant line by any means. It has pieces, but it just hasn't produced the type of holes where there's going to be a lot of sustained drives and there's going to be a lot to go on with that. So we'll see what they do. It seemed like DeAndre Swift was kind of close to playing today, so that should kind of shake things up and like I said we'll see what happens with the potential coaching change but for now I'm waiting for Swift maybe I'm using Adrian Peterson as a flex if there is no Swift but that's a very touchdown dependent situation so it's probably going to be the back end of the flexes and where I'm looking there but 
with injuries and the way everything's going, there's certainly less talented people running the ball at this time. And if Adrian was able to consolidate more of the touches, he certainly would be able to produce. It's just, I don't think they're going to use him in that way, which makes them all three hard to touch at this time. I'm more excited about DeAndre and they've just been ramping up his workload and he does seem to make them more dynamic. So I want to see that. We'll see what they say throughout the week about his availability. And he's going to have 10 days to come back with them playing the Thanksgiving game. So we'll hope for DeAndre Swift to make this team exciting again. You know, it wasn't as exciting in the passing game, which was unfortunate. You know, without Kenny in there, Marvin Jones has done an admirable job of filling in. But when things got spread out a little bit more today, he didn't. wasn't able to consolidate as many of the touches as I would like. Um, He had plenty of targets. It's just they couldn't hook up. When Matthew was going deep, he was trying to hook up with Marvin Jones. It just didn't work today. And like last week, it got called back. So there was that. So I do see Marvin. And as long as he came out healthy, I think it's fine to use him as long as Kenny's out. You just got to realize that there aren't going to be as many scoring opportunities with this game. And Marvin doesn't have necessarily game-breaking speed to really break one long. Although he's capable, you know, he's strong enough. It's just he's not one of those guys that's going to get all the way behind the defense with any sort of regularity. So we're kind of excited about that. We want Kenny to come back because he's a little bit more dynamic. If you have both, you're certainly rooting for Kenny to be in there instead of Marvin Jones. But until that happens, I think you can use Marvin. You just got to realize it's kind of a lower upside play than it might be in a given year. Same thing with TJ Hawkinson. You know, he got loose for the long one today, but I still don't know if I'm trusting him exactly as a tight end. Maybe if you're desperate, maybe if you got him in a best ball, you're excited. But still, I want to see more from TJ Hawkinson going online because he did show explosion and he has shown athleticism. It just seems like there's something he hasn't put quite put together yet. So we'll look for that too. But uh, I still think that I'm still kind of shying away because of the schedule in the same way I am for the rest of the Detroit options. Well, that's what I've got today. Like, listen, subscribe. And of course, if you've gotten to this point and you haven't done so yet, download because that's the one that counts for your boy. So download the podcast and have a great rest of your day.